Welcome to episode 31 of the Stick to Hockey podcast. Yes, we are back. We being Jason Mertitis and Russ Cohen at Sportsology on Twitter, uh, at Jason Mert for myself, and at Stick to Hockey Pod on Twitter as well. Give us all a follow if you're not. Give us a rating and review on iTunes. Follow us on iTunes and all that fun stuff as well. We are back. The NHL season is just about upon us. All teams in camp, all preseasons underway. Countdown to the regular season is on. And today, Russ, we got a lot to get into. We're getting some headlines. We've got some interviews as well, some Flyer-centric interviews yep. uh, from training camp. And we've also got my NHL preseason power ranking. Uh-oh. Here we go. Yeah, these are always debatable, and you and I feel uh, vastly different on certain clubs yes. and where they are in the pecking order of the NHL. And we'll debate it all throughout. Yeah, no doubt. I, I like doing it. It's a good time of the year to do it. We um, we get a glimpse in preseason games, but I always caution people, listen, in preseason games, like goalies don't have the right defensemen in front of them. Some of these guys, like we'll talk about it as we get to each team. Some of these games I'm watching, there are guys doing things that in two weeks they'll never be there to do it and make these kinds of mistakes. Yeah. And, you know, So I don't get too crazy about how anybody looks, to be honest. But I look for singular traits. That's all I look at when I look at players that mm-hmm. are maybe going to make a team or not. I don't look at how the team's doing. I don't even look at if they score five goals i'm looking at how they did it because the usage, sometimes yeah usage yep. and all those kinds of things yeah and, we, and we'll see some chemistry develop with certain line combinations in yep. camp or where a guy fits uh in a top six or bottom six whatever it might be uh the interviews we're gonna have we're gonna have carter hart uh coming up just momentarily as a matter of fact the flyers goaltending prospect uh sean couturier uh we're gonna break up the power rankings well sean couturier around uh, uh the 20 mark of the power rankings flyers captain claude drew we'll have an interview with him as well and we'll wrap it up with an interview with dave haxel but a quick couple of headlines first and obviously the big thing since we last spoke is the eric carlson deal yeah he ends up in san jose brent burns eric carlson the San Jose Sharks clearly were in a very aggressive mode this offseason, uh, going after hard after John Tavares. Now they end up not getting him. He goes to the Leafs, but they end up getting Carlson. The The assumption is, is that he'll extend there. I mean, I think the deal and the structure is there. Just change the name of the proposed contract from Tavares and put Carlson's name at the top. They obviously have the money. If they had the money to do Tavares, they have the money to do Carlson. That part's not done yet. But clearly, this is a big all-in move for San Jose. Yeah, and it may not get done. I mean, Carlson still may go UFA after all this. But uh, Doug Wilson kept the cap space. He even said when they didn't get Tavares, hey, we're still trying to get an impact player. I'm keeping the space open. It didn't take long, but it was a smart move. It was a good move that fans of the Sharks should be happy that their GM did that. Look, it's Joe Thornton's last year, probably. Have we been saying that for a while? I know, but I mean... (laughs) Really this time. You know, he's coming off a knee surgery. I'm sure he'll do fine. He's Joe Mm. Thornton. But at some point, that train's going to stop, and they know it. And so they're going to try and cash in right now. Mm. I don't blame them. I think it's a great trade. Uh, From the Ottawa perspective, look, there's problems there. We know it. But I like Josh Norris a lot. And what I try and tell people is... I went back to Joe Pavelski. You know, I the 2003 draft is the best draft I ever covered. It's one yep. of the best drafts of the last 15, 20 years. Joe Pavelski's name was nobody that we were talking about pre-draft, only post-draft, because he was like a seventh-round pick in that draft. Mm-hmm. And then after that, he went back to the USHL for a second season. Had someone like that done that now, you would say, oh, I don't know if he's ever going to make it, right? Because that really doesn't happen. With Josh Norris, he's a guy who I thought was a first-round talent, and I even did think San Jose took him a little early, right? But ever since then, it's all upward climb for him. Now, 
look, it's not a massive amount of points that he scored last year, but I every tournament, everything that I see him in, he is accelerating. So he's so guaranteed they a nice return. They did. He's guaranteed to be a third liner. I think he could be a second liner. Could it be a first liner? Only if he turns into like a Pavelski like thing yep. where he just keeps getting better and better. I never count that out for some guys because he has the work ethic. And then Rudy Balser is a guy who I really like. I've seen him in international play. He's a guy that reminds me of like a lesser talented Vinny Prospel. Like he has, he has a great shot. He's got some finesse in his game. He also has some toughness in his game. He'll score some points from Chris Tierney's really, really good. Like Chris Tierney now, if he gets power play time, could go. He had 40 points last year, around 17 goals. Mm-hmm. He could go 20 and 50. Yeah. So I, I thought the value was as good as they could get considering how late in the game it was. Yeah, we were really up against it. They wanted to get it done before they reported for training camp. And everybody in the world knew he had to be traded. So that lessens your uh, ability to get Especially the after the the, uh, the Melnick video. Then you knew it was, oh, it was coming. Just brutal. <laughs> yeah. Between Melnick and Pierre Dorian in the last couple of days, it's not been good. When, 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 when one of your players has to interview the boss that's never a good feeling yeah, boy he's catching some backslash for that as well yeah uh and we'll get to the sends and it'll be reflected how we feel about them in my power rankings yes. i think you may agree uh the sam reinhardt deal a couple of rfas uh getting still getting taken care of reinhardt gets a two-year deal uh william nylander still without a contract yeah the reinhardt deal makes sense for everybody two-year two-year look yep. he had 24 goals this guy was a pretty great player in juniors mm-hmm. but he wasn't great because of all the skill and finesse he was great because he knew where to go with and without the puck he would score in some dirty areas yes he does have a great shot but he's also a, a fairly tough hard-nosed player he's not like you know physical gonna push you around a lot yeah but he is that kind of guy it is kicking in for him and look the sabers are like hey we're sort of seeing what we've got here let's go two years you get you know if he gets 25 goals each of his next two years, he's going to get a nice deal somewhere. And they'll be happy to pay him. And they'll be happy to pay him. Although I don't know it'll be Buffalo, because they are loaded. So it could be somewhere else. Mm -hmm. But this is a good deal for Buffalo. As far as Nylander, look, I I think William Nylander is a terrific player. I I think it's terrible that Michael is his... (laughs) is his agent, or mm-hmm. one of his agents, because Michael always had contract issues all throughout his career. Yeah. And now he's, he to me, he's sort of setting this up where William is going to get a bridge deal, even though both sides want a long-term deal. But I think William is pricing himself out at the moment because he had a great year. He had 69 points, something like that. What do you think he's asking like for, seven and a half? Yeah, I think he's asking for something like that. And, and there's no way to go there yet. No, no way Dubas is going yeah. there. And so he's going to get like a... Two year, three point seven five per yeah. per year. But the problem is they have so much talent there. Like Jeremy Bracco is a year away, yeah. or could even make it this year. But I think he's a year away. Players like that that are going to keep pushing it. That you know what? In a year they could be trading him just because they don't want to deal with another long term negotiation. Yeah, I, I and feel, their cap situation is very interesting. And, and Austin Matthews is going to yeah. get a deal. Marner and Marner's I mean, got to get a, a deal. Guys. So. This was his opportunity to get a deal before those guys did, yeah. and he could be blowing it right now. We'll God. see. If I'm a good player and I have confidence in my game that I'm going to keep developing, I don't sign anything more than a three-year deal until I'm 31 years old. But they would like a three-year better than yeah, a two-year, two. you know? Yeah. yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Uh, Darnell Nurse gets it done finally. They get signed there. Very similar situation with Nylander, yeah, I'm surprised. although not as established. No, I was surprised he got... A little more than Morrissey, but look, he he blocks shots. He's he's mm. tougher than Morrissey. It's a one really good season, right? Yeah, yeah. And, but Morrissey is more of a power play guy who doesn't really get power play time on Winnipeg because they're a powerhouse. So I look at it and I say, this is a good deal. And, and Nurse is a good player. 
Edmonton had to do it. Like yeah. they're in trouble on their blue line if Nurse was going to hold out this yeah. year. So they they uh, this was good for both teams too. Okay. Well, before we get to the power rankings again, we're going to start at thirty one and we're going to work our way all the way to one. Uh, let's get to Flyers goaltending prospect Carter Hart. Caught up with him a couple days ago as training camp got underway for the Philadelphia Flyers. Here's Carter Hart. How you doing today, Carter? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. A lot of people uh, anticipating uh, your appearance uh, this preseason and uh, becoming a pro, uh, eligible to be in the AHL this year. What's your offseason been like in preparation for training camp? Yeah, it's been really good. I mean, I've, I got to kind of stay at home a lot this summer where the past, the last two summers, I've kind of been jumping all over the place from uh, World Junior Camp, the development camp, and uh, other camps that I had to go to. And so it's kind of nice. The only time I really left this summer was for development camp for a week here in Philly. Um, so most of the summer I got to be at home with my family and friends and and just worry about my training there and, and work with all the people that I have there to get prepared for the upcoming season. It's been a bit of a whirlwind for you the past couple of years. A couple of great seasons with Everett. You played a, a bunch of years there in the WHL. Your numbers last year uh, off the charts. 9.47 save percentage. Uh, goals against average of 1.60 in a league where a lot of goals are scored. Uh, when you look back at your time playing Everett, what was the biggest thing you can take away in preparation for making that next jump in your career? Yeah, I think for me, um, the past four years in Everett have been awesome. I think um, four years of junior hockey really can fly by. And, and uh, I mean, I made some great memories down there. I met a lot of a lot of great people. And um, I had an awesome bill at Parker Folds. And uh, my roommate, Riley Sutter, who's he's like a brother to me now. We lived together for three years. And um, I think it was really good to – the Western Hockey League prepares you for the pro level. And the schedule is very similar. He plays 72 games. Um, honestly, the travel is probably a lot harder uh, at the junior level than it is at the pro level where you get to fly, fly everywhere. But um, at, uh, in, in juniors, you get three and threes on the weekend, which can be tough. And, but I think for this upcoming pro season, um, the past years than ever, have definitely helped for sure. And, and like I said, this summer I got a lot of training and a lot of work done uh, to prepare for the season. Now, let me take you back. We're talking with Carter Hart on the Comcast Business Hotline. Uh, when you look at the fact you were taken back in the 2016 draft in the 46th over or 48th overall to, by the Flyers, and you know the history of goaltending and maybe the struggles of the hit, struggle of goaltending in Philadelphia over the last number of years. When you got drafted, what was the first kind of thing that came to your mind being drafted by the Flyers? Yeah, honestly, I, I honestly wasn't really expecting it um, when I was 17 there. And getting drafted, um, I was I was lucky to share that day with my family, and and uh, it was just a really it was a surreal experience. And I honestly talked to Philly. I think once the whole year, I had an interview with them at the combine, and that was the only time I ever talked to them. So I I honestly didn't expect to go to Philly, and um, but I love it here. It's a great city, and they have a great fan base. So yeah, no question about it. Uh, one of the things that you participated in a, in a good amount of international play. Uh, playing for Team Canada, and you've had a lot of success doing it. Uh, playing that best-on-best best age-appropriate, essentially, is what you're doing there. Uh, what has that done for your confidence and your growth as a player as well? Because, you know, you're playing for your country, which is always uh, uh, with a tremendous amount of pride, but a lot of pressure comes with that when you play for Team Canada as well. For sure, yeah. I think the past two World Juniors, um, I've been lucky where we're in North America. The one was in Montreal and Toronto, and Middle last year was in Buffalo, and uh, I mean for the gold medal game last year in Buffalo, 
it was like a home game for us. Pretty much the whole, all the fans were Canadian. They all came down over the border. Um, so the, I was pretty lucky that in these, these past two World Juniors, just the experience, um, the speed of the game, it's obviously faster than just regular junior hockey. Um, but I think just the whole the whole all the pressure that the media puts on you and, and your country um i think world juniors is really um it's a big thing in canada and it's very you're very scrutinized at the time and i think jumping up into the pro level i think you're you're faced with that same uh same thing every day and playing in front of so many fans that was my first experience to play in front of 20,000 fans or even in the outdoor game this year playing in front of 45,000 fans um but I think to have those kind of experiences definitely helps in me transitioning into pro hockey yeah no question you played that outdoor game it was snowing like crazy for that wasn't it, was it? nuts it was crazy like how you tracking puck. pucks in that you couldn't it was tough man like they had to shovel the ice pretty much every five minutes and they were taking off taking it off in wheelbarrows uh full of snow like if you if it you didn't if you didn't get the ice shoveled um, in five minutes you cannot see the puck. Like yeah, be buried. It was tough. What's the difference this year heading into camp for you now that you've been uh, a part of a couple prospect camps and you know do you feel a lot more comfortable as you enter into this uh, this this with all of everything that's about to happen and and obviously your goal is to make this team. Yeah, exactly. I'm uh, right now. I'm here to my goal is to make the, the NHL this year, but. Um, for me, I just have to focus on taking things every day or one day at a time and just worrying about what I can control and not worrying about what other people think and uh, not worrying about what management, management think, fans think, and all that stuff. And I'll uh, set up for success if I just worry about what I can control. And, and a lot of people think it's really simple. Like, your job is to do one thing to keep the puck out of the net. But with that comes a lot of technical abilities and and the, the the times I've gotten to see you play and practice, I, I see I notice your technical abilities. I know the camp uh, is uh, going to be a, a tremendous learning experience for you. Again, another step in this progression. And your goal is to make the team, and you're going to get some opportunities to play here in the preseason. I know a lot of people are pulling for you and looking forward to watching you. Have a great camp. We appreciate you doing this, and uh, we'll definitely be checking you out up the road. Awesome. Thank you. There he is, Flyers goaltending prospect Carter Hart. Uh, he got in the game the other night, made 11 saves uh, yeah. in his debut. Looked pretty good. He did. He did look pretty good. I liked the way he hugged the post. Wasn't he, overly tested. No, I mean, he wasn't tremendously tested. But the one thing that you like from him these days, the big thing with goaltending and you're a goalie, mm-hmm. uh, the head trajectory, yep. tracking the puck, he's very good at those things. Fundamentally and technically, Never he's really very seemed good. lost in plays, mm-hmm. not being able to see. Those, to me, are the key things. And so the more you can see as a goalie, the better you're going to save it. Yep. So, yeah, he looked good. Was he facing supreme competition? No. No, no. Uh, here's the thing, too, with him. Um, he's very quiet. His game. When you say a goalie's quiet, that means he doesn't make a, a, a bunch of unnecessary movement. Right. And if you watch any YouTube videos of his highlights or anything, the one thing you see out of him a lot, you don't see a lot of the acrobatic saves because they're, acrobatic saves come out of necessity. Right. He's not in the wrong spot. So right. He doesn't have to do that. You see so many saves of him being square and taking pucks in the logo. And that looks like a guy shot it there. But a lot of times, 
It's just because there's nowhere else to go, and he's in the exact right spot. And he doesn't wander too much like a Neuwirth might or mm-hmm. somebody else where, you know, fans get a little worried when a guy wanders too much or they mm-hmm. spend too much time behind the net trying yep. to make the perfect clear. He doesn't do any of that. Yeah, he, he simplifies this game through technique and through fundamental positioning, yeah. and it's very Carey Price-esque. It, it, it's in it's a way... precision in his technique. In a way, like I say, hey, I think he has the brain of Mike Richter. I think he does have mm-hmm. some of the technique that Price does, and just let him play a full year in the AH. Don't touch him. Don't do anything. Let him do that. If he can win a Calder Cup, great. That's even mm-hmm. better. But just let him have the run that whole year. Don't bring him up at all this year. Yeah. You're going to get him a lot of games. You get him anywhere like 52 to 58 games. Right. You stress him a bit at times. Yes. So he goes through those things. And it, it was real interesting. He's going to struggle at some point. How he responds to that will really be a very telling aspect of where his development yeah, is. Yeah, and the good news is he'll have Anthony Stolarz with him, and I think that's another reason you think why... that's the move? I, well, I you think, think it's Stolarz or I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful for Lyon that he could make the big club, and you know, I know he yeah. got dinged up the other day and didn't get his start, mm-hmm. but I'm hopeful that he can, And but we'll see. I mean, it still could be Lyon. It could be Lyon and Stolarz, or Stolarz could get loaned yeah. somewhere. Either you think way... think still getting shipped out of here, perhaps? I, I think it's perhaps. no value, I don't think, on the market, though. That's the problem. Yeah, that is the problem. Or, yeah. you know, or they just sent him down if, if they don't see what they like out of him, but... Dave Haxtell always seems to like him, so that's yeah. probably a moot point. That's the problem with him. He just teases you because he can yeah. elevate his game to a level yes. that nobody else in the organization right now can. Right. problem is, A, he can't stay there, and B, he can't get on the ice or right. stay on the ice. So. Right. All right, let's get to the power rankings, Russ. We'll get right to it here. Number 31, we alluded to it earlier in the Jason Mertidis stick-to-hockey preseason power rankings are your Ottawa Senators. Number 31, you agree? I don't think they'll be 31. You Believe don't. it or not, no. Okay, I think they'll be in the bottom five. I think they have just a little too much talent and a good enough goalie because Craig Anderson does not need defense in front of him. Mm-hmm. He is a guy that can play that crazy style and Break he could down defense and he could win games in a row. I, I can't remember how many he won in a row once to make it into the playoffs. It was probably like ten or twelve or something. Mm-hmm. He could run off wins. Was just, that the Hamburglar or him? No, it was him. Yeah, it was him. The Hamburglar had his own thing. Yeah. But three years ago, yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, I think he's just too too good. And unless they trade him at the deadline, he's too good to have that team be in last place. Mm. And they do have look again. They don't have the pick. <laughs> they have no. But again, I would have done the same thing they did because at the end of the day, you've got a player that you've got in your organization now for a year. Yeah, Brady Kachuk. Who even if he doesn't make the team by next year he'll be on the team. Where yeah. if you took the pick, you're ahead. Yes, you're, you're ahead, ahead of the game. Year. That way, even if it's Jack Hughes, you're talking about a 25 percent chance. Though it's not like people yeah. talk about it as it's if not it's 65. A, yeah, yeah, they talk about it like it's a hundred percent chance this is happening. Yeah. No, people are willing it to happen because they want to dump on the sends. Yeah, but optically it looks bad if you tr- if you're trading away the number one overall pick. Sure, but that'll be determined coming up next. But if Kachuk really continues on the on the the way he is and makes the team, and they you know obviously they have Duchesne, they. Still still have some players there. They yeah. still have some... I mean, Thomas Shabbat is, is a top-line defenseman now, and he really, I think, can perform that way. So yeah. that's why I don't think they're last. All right, number 30. How about the Montreal Canadiens? I've got them really low. Two Canadian teams at 31 and 30, first of all. One, a very storied franchise. And I just can't fathom the job that Mark Bergevin has done because it's been so poor. Look what he has shipped out, and look what he's gotten in return. Shea Weber is going to be out for, what, the per, for four months of the season? And who knows what he is when he comes back? And he's got a contract that's a noose. Carey Price, I don't know what he is anymore. And he's got a contract kick that is unbelievably uh, 
detrimental to that club going forward. Right. I mean, everybody's targeting him to be the next goalie of the Seattle franchise, whatever they decide to call themselves. And could be, but, but Carey Price is not done. We know that. No, no. Uh, but can he hold it off here with a very uh, inexperienced defense? They lost Max Pacioretty. He's now gone. Uh, you're looking at Jonathan Drouin. I mean, this this Montreal situation, and I don't know that they have the patience or ability to rebuild. They're well, going to try a retool, and I don't know how they can do it. Well, I think, look, they've got centers now. I mean, to the point now where they're putting Drouin back on the wing, yeah. and they're going to go with Domi at center. I mean, Domi is a fast, tough kid, and, and I never believed he was going to be a big offensive player in the NHL. Yeah. But as a centerman... Even if he's not producing big points, he could do other things. Well, he can create that, space. Yeah, for a guy like Drew look, to be. Kokinami should not make the team. No, but he had the goal the other night. Look great. Yeah, but if he does, that's fine. But they they do have centers for the future, so I think yeah. it's a little better than what you're saying it is. But and I think Bergevin did pretty well this year in the off season with trades. I think he's rebounded a bit. Yeah, I'm the gonna, max situation. But why is it? Let me ask you this question. Yeah. Why is it every time that a player leaves Montreal now? over the last six years or whatever it is, from P.K. Subban and now Pacioretty, yeah. that it ends really badly. They're ending, the, the relationships are ending badly. They're, look, sometimes they, they end badly a lot, but we don't hear about it. When it's Montreal, you hear about everything anyway because right. of the coverage, but things are getting really ugly on players' way out the door there. Well, it didn't help that he hired Alan Walsh because he seems to be... And the, he went public. And he, and he went public, and he seems to be the one agent that can get you out of there quickly, mm. right? He's done that. He a greases few, the skids, yeah. Yeah, he does that pretty well. So I think that's a part of it. I mean, Pacioretty hung around, and he was at a few events in Golf Montreal this year, yeah. and, and I think the fans still love him, to be honest. Yeah. I, I just think it did get to be one of those situations. But again, they got Suzuki in the deal, and that is another sentiment yeah. of the future, and a really good one, a one who could be a, a top-line one, or... but. To start, he would be like a second-line yeah. one, and that's fine. His big Habs fans growing up, too. Yeah, and so I look at it and I say, they've got three centers going forward. They've got now finally Drouin playing well, back on the wing. Now. There is something there. Shea Weber's not done. We know he's not done. Yeah. The Flyers would still take him tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, People could say what they want about his contract and him. Yeah. If, if When he comes back, you know Shea Weber will still be, be Shea there. Weber. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. Number 29, the Buffalo Sabres, the team with the number one overall pick. They selected Rasmus Dahlin. I got him at 29 in the NHL. You don't like this, do you? Well, it depends. I I, I don't hate it because now, uh, with the benefit of us doing the show right now, Connor Sheary is injured. Yeah. And it's week to week. It's not no day to day. No Ryan O'Reilly anymore. He's right. been traded to the right. Blues. But the fact that they say week to week makes me think it's like a collarbone or something because mm-hmm. it's upper body. That's not a great way for Connor Sheary to start off yeah. the Sabres career. Bogosian's injured. He's always injured. I don't think they even count on him anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the thing about Darlene. So... I wasn't sure how they would use him, if they'd use him you know, as a second-pairing guy, what they would do with him. So far, he's getting top power play. He is doing great on top power play. He's actually working with Eichel and Jeff Skinner for overtime, for the three-on-three oh, overtime. Wow, that's dynamic. Which is dynamic. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I look at that, and he's, and he's top power play, top pairing, and I'm like, he's going to get over 40 points because mm-hmm. he's already an elite it's skater. He's, he's already happen. an elite skater. He's great. As far as thinking the game, and he's great stick handling. Now, can someone blast him on the sideboard? Sure. Yeah. His strength isn't quite there yet. He doesn't have a man's body yet. They're still going to have to catch him, though, to do it. Mm-hmm. And there'll be some learning, you know, some learning issues if he plays against someone like Crosby. You know, he'll he'll have to learn some yeah. things. They'll welcome him to the NHL. But I think he'll get like 45 points this yeah. year. All right. So, so number- I think they're a little better than that because of that. And look, Eichel, Eichel is still unbelievable. Skinner. 
could get 35 goals for them. Mm-hmm. See, I don't go unbelievable on Eichel yet. No, I, I see flashes of unbelievable. But, he, but I don't you know, see it's so funny. Like people, I what do you have? Like three three less points than a point per game player, like mm. seventy eight points, something like that. I remember somebody like it's rec- like quiet though in a lot of ways. Yeah, but but that's because the team was bad yeah, and, and they're in Buffalo. And, and remember, O'Reilly was terrible in the locker room, and so Eichel now is sort of like he's the, got the team. He's now. got the team. They have Casey Middlestat, which again, yeah. Casey Middlestat. Will probably be in the Calder race as well, yeah. and so that's another. You know, you added a fast, another talented center. Yeah. Uh, I just they're a little better than this. Okay, uh, number twenty-eight, the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, that's about right. The Deans are gone. Yeah, the era has ended. Uh, the Canucks are just kind of there, and you know, I heard their name being brought up in the Carlson sweepstakes at one point. Well, sure. I and mean, going, oh, they have all that cap space. Yeah. I mean, when you when you lose two players that were making a ton of money, then yeah. you know they just decided to retire um, concurrently. Then yeah, they got a lot of cash space, but they, they were unable to get it done. But they're in a rebuild. Yeah, they are. And look, I love Elias Patterson. He mm-hmm. will be in the Calder race. He yeah. could win it. No question, no doubt about it. This guy is fast. He's slick. Yeah. He's got a great shot. I mean, he already can pick corners like anybody else in the league. Like yeah. any pick out any good star. So Besser, I, obviously. Yeah, Besser will be healthy, and Besser could they get got the goalie, the future. He in could their get system. seventy points. Yeah, Thatcher Demko is a yeah. great kid, and you know he's probably going to be the backup, and that's fine. Yep. They're getting close. He'll I get mean, his thirty-five to forty-two games. Yeah, and, and, and Jake Vertanen, I think, made a nice uh-huh. step last year. They've, you know, people wanted to kill them for him, and you know, so you look at that, and and Sutter is still there, and he's still a good mm-hmm. player. That's why they're not at the very bottom. Yeah, they could be a few they slots. Could show growth. They could show growth, and they could get hot at times. But look, I could see them doing a little bit with with what Arizona did at the end of last yes. year. Yes, start to and, really and start to get their legs under. Them. I could see that happening late in the season. No question about it. End of the day, though, they're in the West, so no tough. chance. Yeah, tough. Uh, the Red Wings at number 27. We all know Zetterberg, the career is over. That might be high for them. <laughs> they, could be, yeah. they, they could be 31, and I wouldn't even blink yeah. an eye. And a lot of people's suspicion is that uh, when Steve Eiserman's contract is out with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, that he will be the next GM taking over for the very long-tenured Ken Holland, who had a great career there. Yeah, I, I think that, that is going Seems to happen. Like I don't right? know if he'll take over for Holland. I think he, what, what might happen is President. he'll... He'll come in like Hextall got snuck in with Holmgren there mm-hmm. at that time, and you know they'll give him a title for a while, and yep. then Holland maybe goes to Seattle. You know, yeah. like that's we'll wait and see what happens yep. with that. But here's the thing: I, I look at the Red Wings, and and I love Philip Zadina. He did get pounded a few times, and oh, one time really bad, one time really bad. And you don't want to see that happen too much. But I that think was at Traverse City, right? Yeah, Traverse yeah. City, and also. Well, he's coming across the middle. No, it was just a, just, just yeah, a Traverse City. Yeah, he yeah, got yeah. destroyed. And, and he did get destroyed. And we all saw that live, and it was like, whoa. Yeah. But, end of the day, he is showing the right skill, the right skating, and everything else. Michael Rasmussen, same thing. Yep. I go, I got to run with those guys. I know that's not what Holland likes to do, but I do it. And, and even a guy like Martin Furk, who had 14 goals last yeah. year, he was a guy that, once upon a time, I thought could be a 30-goal scorer in the league. He had 14 goals, and I looked it up. He only had 99 shots, yeah. five playoff, five uh, power play goals, and so I think he could score 20 goals. He shoots if he yeah, shoots if 100. Puts him in the right position. He, he puts could. if yep. he puts up 150 shots and and is playing the power play. Yeah. So I think they have some scoring. And Dylan Larkin. I, and Dylan Larkin's always Dylan. I, I, yeah. Dylan Larkin, I think, can get even better. Yeah, I agree. Mantha can score 30, I mm-hmm. think. But at the end of the day, I don't know where their goaltending's at. Yeah. I don't. You know, Peter Morozik. No, he's actually Carolina. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but uh, but Jimmy, Jimmy Howard, Howard yeah. you know, look, he's steady, 
He's not yeah, good. He's well past he's, his prime. He's like average to below average. And then their defense is is shaky, Mike Green and the rest. But yeah. they could be at the bottom or they could be right where you have them. Yeah, and then we'll see how that plays out. Uh, number 26, and we'll get to the interview with uh, Sean Couturier momentarily. Number 26, have the Carolina Hurricanes under Rod Brindamore. Justin Williams named the captain. I just I can't see it with this team. I can't see a step that they're going to take. No, I can't either. Actually, I could see them even being you know twenty nine or something. I mean, they, they make the trade with Calgary. If you if you swapped out if you swapped out Carolina and Buffalo, I wouldn't argue with you because mm-hmm. I might say you know what Buffalo's goaltending might be better at this point. Yeah, I have no faith in either goaltender in Carolina. Scott Darling, maybe one of the most tenuous goaltending situations around the league Scott right now. Scott Darling and Peter Morozik. It's funny. Yeah, that's neither guy I'm feeling good about. I'm, as a prospect guy, I should like give everybody a second chance and say, mm-hmm. all right, in a different situation, did Dave Haxtell play him in ideal situations? No, he didn't. No, he was, they were desperate to get anybody but, that could stop any pucks. But still, as an NHL goalie, the games that I saw him in, he was horrible. horrible. I'm not even sure he's NHL caliber anymore. I thought he'd be heading overseas. So, yeah. So, if Scott Darling doesn't win a lot of games and play 60-65 games... He's your backup. I mean, Cam Ward was a way better backup, right? Oh, yeah. No, I get and why he's, he's not there. Now, yeah. Uh, yeah, Cam Chicago. Cam Chicago now, yeah. yeah. And, and so, but at the end of the day, I look at it and I'm like, this is a bad situation. They have a great defense. I yeah. love their defense. They're still going to suffer from needing goal scoring. Yeah. And so that's that's the problem there. Yeah, they're mired right now. And yeah. I don't know how they get out of it. Uh, number 25, the Coyotes. That's about right. Yeah, I think we saw a little bit of a step last year. I don't even horrific. Forget start. that. Yeah. Forget. Yeah, that may be the biggest you know blue herring that that, that you have when the end of a season it, it doesn't carry over. A team goes no, like you know fifteen out of twenty. Yeah. yeah, it's the hardest thing to do in the NHL, especially, is to start flat footed. Yeah, that's the way I always look at it. So for whatever momentum they had, forget it. Now Clayton Keller's a star in the league. Like yeah. one year, if he leads the league in scoring, I won't be shocked, and yeah. it won't matter. Who he's playing with, or what kind of team yeah. he has? I just think and, he, commi- and the commitment now is there with OEL, yeah, OEL, and I mean, I mean that's a team Rick Tocca can coach. Yeah, in my opinion, I think that's a team that could be starting to move up. It'd be one of those teams that he starts to in the next couple of years. You go, okay, they're really but building their defense. Here. I don't know fully about what their defense. You know, they're getting guys back. Let's see if they stay healthy. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. All right, uh, let's move right on to number twenty-four, and this is the New York Rangers. That might be a little high for them. Yeah, I think so, too. I I'm, think I'm overvaluing because of Lungfist, yeah. but uh, I don't know what they're going to be. I don't know what they're going to do in season. I don't know what they are. Uh, this is a head scratch. I don't think me. David Quinn knows what they are. I don't think they do either. You know, first Although, I did see a, a quote from Kevin Hayes on, in a Larry Brooks article today that, and, and I can't, It's just I'm just going to paraphrase, but basically he was like, you know, there was a lot of things that went unnoticed yeah. or untouched or whatever and not talked about, and David Quinn's covering all those things now. So basically saying Elaine Vigneault let a lot go yeah. that he shouldn't have, and I agree. I mean, I thought that yeah, Elaine Vigneault was never the coach for young players. No. It oh, wasn't no. That guy. He has no use for them. Not, yeah, so, no, not so that was so... Some of that I, I totally uh, believe that's in. that's exactly why Quinn was brought in. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like them bringing Adam McQuaid there, though, because, like... Mm-hmm. Look, I get that you have to have some veterans sprinkled in, but Anthony D'Angelo and Neil Pionk were the other right-side guys. Yeah. Now, McQuaid goes in. These guys don't have a chance to compete no. with him. 
Now, those guys, you would like to see what they can do in a season because the season doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, now you're bringing in McQuaid, and I'll tell you what, I hate when you see tags like this. Like, look, do I think he was valuable for the Bruins? Absolutely. Yeah. He was a big guy. They loved him. But when you see, like, tough hombre, in this day and age, that doesn't mean anything to me anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, right. I, don't, I don't care about that. So I look at that, but they do have – they have some guys. They have young scorers. You know, Heedle, They, I think they're good up the middle. I do. Uh, I saw Evis got a concussion the other day, and, and, and that's not good. We'll see. Yeah. It, it's it, They're going to try and do it quickly there, but I don't know that you can do things like that. I know, but they're trying, what they're quickly. trying to do is get it to happen before Lundquist runs out. Now, yeah. would he extend a year or two if the team was that much better, like if they got Panarin? And sure, kind of I think money? he would, if he could still play. But yeah. last year, I thought he played well for that first half oh, of the yeah. season. Yeah. He was really good. Yeah, he's not the issue. No. Um, let's let's do the couple uh, a couple more here real quick. Let me just give you these four and see if you agree with them, because we'll get to Sean Couturier in a moment. I have the Blackhawks at 23, the Dallas Stars at 22, the Isles at 21, and the Flames at 20. Okay, so... The Isles. I'll put this in front of you so you can refer to it. Yeah, yeah. If you can read my handwriting. Yeah, I can read your handwriting. The Isles, no way they get to 21. You don't think so? No. I think, uh, well, Barzell is tremendous. Yeah, but they're bottom five or seven. Here's the problem, though. I'm counting on a little bit of goaltending there for a change, and oh. they haven't had it. Did you watch the game? Did you see Robin, well, yeah, Robin yeah. Leonard? Uh, but he's of a different <laughs> mindset. I don't know if you read the article. I did. Yeah. I did. And, and I think that could help him in the emotion of an up and down. And I spoke tenor. to some beat writers, and, and he does seem to be different and calmer and everything, but he still gave up bad goals yeah. at the end of the day. But but here's the thing about Leonard, too. He only, and I like him, and I do think he's a good positional goalie, but he has to have a defense in front of him. This team, you know, they lost Calvin DeHaan. Yeah, they were the worst in the league last year. Yeah, they're not a good and and Boychuk has slowed down tremendously. Mm-hmm. They can score. That wasn't the problem. Dennis Seidenberg is going to be on their t- top four. Which <laughs> is <just> crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's older than you and I. Yeah. Now he did get a couple shots the other day. <laughs> and he's got a bomb. But he but he's going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. He's going to get hurt. Uh, I I don't like the Islanders. I don't where think they they're in the mix for a playoff spot. Anything beyond uh, December. Yeah. But that being said, I the think Blackhawks. Be yeah, now. they're probably there or a few spots yeah, it's lower. Last season for Quinn. Because well, here's right. It probably is. Here, here's the problem for them. Corey Crawford's concussion started last year. It's rode into this year. Yeah. He's just starting he's to still skate. Not right. yeah. He's skating, but I don't think he's practicing with the team not, yet. Not taking so, shots. best case scenario is what? He gets in there a month into the season. Yeah. Their defense is weak. They used to be able to ride that top four. They don't even have four anymore. Yeah. So, well, they're going to have to ride Cam Ward at the beginning of the season with Crawford out. And yeah. When Crawford went out last year, that team fell apart. And I think you're way off on the stars. They're a playoff team. So they're... See, I keep saying that, but they're such an up and down team. A couple years ago, they won the division. Yeah. They were great. And well, then, you know, Bishop, I don't know what Bishop is because he can't stay healthy. That's fair. You know, I mean, they, they extend Se- uh, Tyler Sagan. So, okay, that's great. It's Sagan's team and Ben's healthy again. And, uh, yeah. It's it's Miro Haskinen now. We've all been saying so it wrong. I think, it yeah, I think that's what I heard as far as the proper pronunciation. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll, it'll be something going forward. Yeah. But he's paired up with John Klingberg, and I got to tell you and something. Good. And that's an elite pairing already. Haskinen, this I'm going to keep yeah. saying it wrong anyhow. Not only can he skate well, he does think the game fast. He's offensive mm-hmm. and he's defensive, and he passes the puck well. They've got guys on that team. They're at least two lines deep. I think I'm saying you got to show me before you're going to bump out one of these teams in the teens. Oh no no I, 
I disagree. Okay. I see teams that you could bump out like right. easy. Well, we'll see. All right, let's get to uh, Sean Couturier. We'll be back with 19 through 11 to get to our top 10 before we get to Claude Drew. But right now, caught up with Sean Couturier. Uh, suffered an injury a couple weeks ago. We'll talk to him about that and much more coming off his breakout NHL season a year ago. Here's Sean Couturier. Flyers forward. Sean Couturier joins us. How are you doing today, Sean? I'm doing good. Yourself? I'm hanging in, man, but you guys are, are back at camp getting ready for another season. I know last year didn't end uh, from the team perspective where you would have liked it to end, but how did you handle the off season? All right, I guess. Uh, it's always uh, kind of a a bad feeling, uh, you know, losing in the first round or, or any way to lose. So uh, it's never easy getting over it, but, uh, you know, I think uh, – I think the guys uh, were really motivated this summer to, to train hard and take a step forward for the upcoming season. Well, you're 25 years old now. You'll be 26 coming up in December. Uh, but that being said, you've been in this league a long time already. Your, your rookie year was back in 2011-12. But last year you did your best statistical season. You played all 82, 31 goals, 45 assists, 76 points. What was the difference, the key difference for you last year to be able to put up the numbers that you did? I don't know, just getting the chance to play with uh, Jake Voracek and Claude Giroux to start the year, that, that gave me a huge boost of confidence. And uh, right from there, it clicked, uh, especially with, with G and playing with him all year, then playing with uh, TK on our line. We had some uh, some good chemistry. So um, obviously those two players, uh, those three players uh, helped, helped me a lot in, in stepping up my game offensively. But uh Honestly, not much really changed in, in my mentality, the way I approach the game. Uh, I still try to be solid in, in both uh, both sides of the ice. I think I just maybe got a little more opportunities uh, offensively to, to kind of show, show my, showcase myself and uh, took advantage of it. Yeah, and, and certainly, you know, in your situation as a guy that had a tremendous amount of success at the junior level, uh, being able to be a point producer and goal scorer, to be able to now do that at the NHL level, that's got to give you a lot of confidence going into this season, does it not? Yeah, it does. Um, you know, it feels good to, to finally uh, prove to a lot of people that I can I can play uh, offensive, uh, put up some offensive uh, numbers as well the, as the defensive side of my game that I've kind of showcased since uh, I've, I've entered the league. Some people kind of... Uh, marked me as as kind of a shutdown guy or a defensive guy, and I always thought that I could do more offensively given the opportunity. And last year was uh, was a great example of of me just taking advantage of my opportunities and, and trying to do my best. And uh, now that's that it's behind me. It's only one year, and you got to repeat that year after year. I mean, you you know, I got uh, got nominated with the Kopitar and Bergeron for the Selkie, but uh, it's it's a great honor. But um, you know, those guys have been, been playing the way they, they have for, for years now. So that's kind of what uh, the approach I'm taking is kind of prove that uh, I'm not just a, a one-hit wonder and, and kind of can uh, do it year after year. Yeah, You took the words right out of my mouth. We're talking with Sean Couturier on the Comcast Business Hot. I was going to bring up the Selkie Award uh, because – it's it's the best defensive forward. Now a lot of times that gets confusing because you need do you need to be a defensive forward that scores goals that are as good at both ends and that's kind of what it's turned into. Uh, you finished second in that voting. Um, you're amongst the elite in the NHL as a 200 foot player with as you mentioned Kopitar, Bergeron, who they're going to name the rename the award after at some point, <laughs> and then and you're in that conversation. A guy like Barkov in there as well. But what did it mean to be? Nobody plays the game to win awards, individual awards, but to be recognized in that way, I mean, that is elite company, and you're now in that class of player. Yeah, for me, just just being uh, recognized with 
with those group of guys, like you said, is, is already a tremendous honor. Um, you know, Bergeron and Kopitar, especially they're, they're two guys coming in the league. I kind of look up to and try to model my game after them. And, um, you know, like you said, it's, it's, it's a tremendous honor just to be nominated with them. But like I said earlier, it's, uh, it's, it's something those guys have been doing for years now that the way they play and, Every year, they're they're solid, uh, you know, in in any aspect of the game, and uh, that's something that uh, I have to prove that I can do uh, year after year. Uh, when you look at your team this year, you guys looking to take that next step in a progression as well. You've seen the young players integrate into the team. Now, twenty five years old, all of a sudden, you were the guy that came up at eighteen, uh, right out of junior, and played in the NHL. You earned your way onto the team after being drafted by the Flyers. Now you're kind of a grizzled veteran. Is that is that almost uh, a different role for you uh, back in the locker room? And I mean, you're close enough in age to a lot of these guys where they can really use you as a soundboard in making that transition, whether it's from juniors to the NHL or whether it's from uh, uh, playing a year in the AHL for the Phantoms. Yeah, like you said, uh, time flies. I mean, uh, I still remember like it was yesterday, my first uh, my first year. Or so, uh, but it's already been uh, seven years and going into my eighth. So um, I'm still young, though. I still feel young. Um, I'm still close to age to those young guys. We say those young guys, but they're just like a year or two younger than me, most of them. I mean, some of them come out of juniors, but um, in general, I'm, I'm still in that kind of group of, of young guys uh, on the team. And, uh, yeah, maybe I have a little more experience and I can I can uh, help help others in, in any way I can. And I just try to... I'm not really that that vocal guy in the in the room, but I try to lead by example on the ice and and show what how to play uh, how to play pro hockey. I guess. Let's talk about we're talking with Sean Couturier on the Comcast Business Highline. Let's talk about a couple of injuries, um, both unfortunate. Let's start with in the playoffs last year. You had the collision. You were dealing with the knee issue. Um, how quickly did you heal up from that? after your season ended and then B what a heroic performance you put on when you did come back into the lineup you were the team's best player and did everything you could to lead your team uh, to get another win and push that series even further uh, it took me after after that we got eliminated it took me another probably three four weeks to to feel uh, feel pretty good and and good enough to start kind of rehabbing or, or, or training again um, after that it was just uh, you know a slow start to the to the summer training and uh getting used to getting back to where I was before with my knee and uh you know like I said a few weeks later I was I was feeling great I had a great summer of training um and from there I just uh, got ready for the year uh let's talk about the other injury that happened a couple of weeks ago uh we'll be playing a charity game and, and a little bit of a, a knee tweak how are you feeling from that from that uh, I'm feeling great. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's actually it's, it's a tournament uh, that all the I guess the the pros from from Quebec and 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 the East uh, kind of meet up and and have a tournament and play games over the weekend to kind of see where we're at in our summer training. So uh, and they raise money for that. So yeah, it was it's, it's a charity event, but at the same time, it's kind of part of a. Uh, of uh, getting back on the ice and, and pushing yourself uh, at the end of the summer. And uh, it's unfortunate what happened, but, uh, you know, like, like I've said before, it's, it's, it's not something that I kind of, you know, would stay away over the next 
the next years. I mean, it's it's I can't I can't just not skate all summer and and sit on my couch and and wait for camp to, to come because then I'll I won't be in shape and uh, it's just part of the, the the aspect. It's it's unfortunate what happened, but I guess it's, you gotta you gotta live with it. Yeah, it's part and parcel to getting ready for an NHL season. Like you said, you know, you can't skate your way into shape and training camp in this league anymore. You'll die. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I know. It's 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 not like uh, twenty years ago. It's it's, it's a different league, uh, especially all the young guys coming in uh, out of juniors. They have all these camps over the summer, World Juniors and Team Canada camps, and and they play almost uh, year long. So uh, it's it gets it gets tough to if when when you stay away from the ice for too long. So you, you got to get right back at it as soon as you can. Sean Couturier uh, with us for one more question here on the Comcast Business Hotline. When you look at uh, th- this team that you have that you're going to go to war with here. And we'll see if there's some surprises that make the club out of camp or whatever it might be. But you know the core of this team. You know what it's going to be. You know the guys that are going to be next to you and playing alongside you all season. You guys have the ability in that room with the addition of a guy like James Van Riemsdyk to take that next step and really start to uh, make an impact here in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I think so. I think we've we've shown last year that we can we can be a top team and we just got to keep growing as, as, a, as a group and adding uh, – JVR uh, with us, uh, back with us, is, is a huge addition. He's got uh, tons of experience over the years, and he's going to be a big part of our, our group, our leader group as well. So uh, it, it's exciting. We have uh, we have a really good, nice group, and I think we have a lot of depth. Uh, even in the minors, I mean, guys are, are pushing for, for NHL spots. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting, and uh, hopefully we can uh, – we can do some some damage this year. October hockey's around the corner. You guys will drop the puck in Vegas on October fourth. Sean, thanks for doing this. Good luck building on that uh, great season you had a year ago, and we'll definitely talk to you up the road. Uh, Sean Couturier has not, has not seen any time in the preseason as of yet. I don't uh, think he will until like the last couple games. Yeah, I think once they get into the normal rhythm here next at the end of this week and next week, that's when he'll get on the ice. I'm going to make a prediction. I know we all thought when we heard about the injury, no way he's starting the season on time. Mm-hmm. Based on what I saw in person and what I'm seeing, he's pushing it. I think he might make it on time. Yep, absolutely. So Sean Couturier uh, joining us on the Stick to Hockey podcast. Let's get to number 19. Let's go to the Metropolitan Division, the New Jersey Devils. I don't think they improved themselves this offseason. No, after they did surprise year last year. They're so reliant on Taylor Hall, and he was great last year. Can he duplicate that, duplicate that and carry the mail? And then the other question is Corey Schneider. This is a team I got at 19, out of the playoff picture looking in right now. Um, I, I think a lot of teams in the Metro in particular improve themselves. They're not one of them. Yeah, I mean, Snyder failed them down the stretch. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, their backup. Yeah, Kincaid was... Keith, Keith, yeah, Kincaid you're is, relying on him. He, and... he, <laughs> he, he's a Twitter sensation, though. He's like mm-hmm. an emoji madman. Yeah. I love the guy, but I don't know if, he'll, if he can reproduce that. Miles Wood is, has got, like, he's a holdout who's probably going to make... million or something per year. I don't know what the holdout's for. He had 19 goals. He really needs to get in there because this team desperately needs scoring. Pavel Zaka is a guy that really needs to start coming through because he was a high draft pick. I think he can do it. He's a big guy. Sometimes it takes a little longer. Taylor Hall's Taylor Hall. He's great. End of the day, I would swap out the Devils on your list and the Flames because I think Bill Peters over there, Mm -hmm. I I think uh, that Goudreau line now will be Really, really great. Right now they're using Lindholm. We'll see. They might use Neil on it. Yeah. I mean, Neil's a great acquisition for them. Yeah, a lot of people are high on the Calgary Flames. Yeah, I mean, one Mike, Mike Smith's me. the only one who could derail him a little, yeah. but if he's healthy... Uh, but he can also carry him a bit, too. He could carry him yeah. a bit. So I, I think I would swap those two teams. Okay. Uh, number 18, I got the Anaheim Ducks. 
I think that's right for them because last year I thought they would make it to the Stanley Cup, but I I, I felt I did too. <laughs> but I but I think injuries really derailed them. Yeah. I, they still have a great goalie. Oh, they were crushed in the beginning of the I mean, year. I mean, you know, Gibson and Miller. Mm-hmm. You know, they could get a dual Vesna. I yeah. mean, it wouldn't shock me one year if that happens because I don't think Miller's going anywhere anytime I, soon. I, and I have no idea what Corey Perry is anymore. Yeah. I have no idea. No, and Kessler seems to get banged up every year. He's going to be at a point here where he's going to have to make a decision, you know, like Zetterberg did. I mean, it's just every year with his his injury situation. Yeah, so, but they, look, they have enough scoring. They still have great defense. They have one of the best defenses in the league. And the goaltending, like you said. Yeah, I think they'll be in there. Yeah, I think the goaltending can mask you for so long. Yes. But eventually that can catch up to you. Uh, At number 17, the St. Louis Blues. Disappointed. They did not make the playoffs last year. Now, they were a team in the, I guess, beginning quarter of the season were the best team in the NHL at one point. And they just fell apart, and management decides to make a move and deplete their roster going down the stretch. And they don't make the postseason. Jake Allen's still a question mark for me. I know that uh, they're great up the middle. Ryan O'Reilly, a big addition for them. Yeah. But I just don't know what I can expect out of uh, the St. Louis Blues. They're in the top five as far as their centers. I oh mean, yeah, they they're Three deep. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, they're they're really good there. Jaden Schwartz stayed healthy last year. I expect them mm-hmm. to stay healthy this year. Robbie Fabry. Now we don't know. They're going to need him. We'll see. Yep. You know if he can get in. There. I don't even know if he's playing in the preseason yet. I haven't noticed. Well, he's got Petrangelo and Compareca. Oh I mean, no, no, their their yeah. defense is great. Yeah. Look, I'm not the biggest Jake Allen fan. Yeah, I don't know who could be. And and so. And I think they have better guys. Billy Huso's good. Mm-hmm. And, and so, like, could Billy Huso take over for Jake Allen this year? It's going to happen one of these years because yeah. you look at the Blues and they have the makings of a Stanley Cup team or at least a contender, and their goaltending is what holds them back. Yeah, absolutely. It's cost them. Uh, number 16, team that did not make the playoffs this year had a tremendously disappointing season when a lot of people picked that perhaps they could represent the Western Conference in the Cup Final. That would be Connor McDavid's Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I, I'm on the fence whether they make the playoffs or not. Yeah, that's why I have them right there on the border. I know with St. Louis, they are a bubble similar. team. Yeah. yeah, they are a bubble team. Not they, enough speed. I, I mean, I think I I believe in Cam Talbot, and I think he'll be fine. I he's got to be better than he was last year. Yeah, right now though, Ty Ratty is listed as the top liner with with McDavid, and look, he is not Patrick Maroon. I like the kid. Yeah. He was once in a, once upon a time he was great in juniors. I don't know. I would I would make sure Kaylor Yamamoto made that team, and I would put him on the top line and just go to have one of the fastest lines in the league because mm-hmm. Yamamoto could skate like the wind. I would go that route rather than trying to replace some bulk on that line. Okay, and maybe they would get more scoring. This is a team that needs more scoring. Believe it or not, I mean they yeah. do, and their defense is not great. Yeah, it's it's a little better. McDavid's going to get his. You know that. Yeah. He's going to get his, and Dreisaitl's going to get his. Yeah. You know? uh, so 31 through 16. We're halfway through. The Senators, the Canadians, Sabres at number 29, 28, the Canucks, the Red Wings, Carolina uh, Hurricanes at 26, 25, the Coyotes, 24, the Rangers, the Hawks, Blackhawks at 23, 22, the Dallas Stars, the Islanders at 21, Calgary Flames, who I have at 20, and then you get into the Devils, the Ducks, Blues, and, of course, the Edmonton Oilers. All right, top 15 teams. These are teams you would think would make the playoffs. And this yep. team did not last year, despite pushing it to the final weekend of the season. And that's the Florida Panthers. No, I I mean, look, they, they got Mike Hoffman uh, right now. Luongo's healthy. He's talking about his exercise program he's regimen. Ancient, but he's still getting it done. I mean, he he has had an interesting career because he is a guy that, with all the Team Canada stuff that went on back in the day yep. and all the criticism of him and the way it went down in Vancouver, Vancouver. was ugly. Yep. 
but he's been really good for a lot of years. Uh-huh. He might be the only thing that Hall Mike Famer. He might be the only thing that Mike Milbury ever got right. But then, of course, he traded him. Yeah, and but but he really and Barkov is, now the captain of that yes, team. Yes, and I like Barkov as the captain. And so I think, and their defense is improved. I really do like this team. I think you could swap them and the next team you're going to say, but I do think the Panthers are going to make the playoffs. I agree. Because the Metro's weakened this year. I agree. And so I think that's where the Both extra wild team... wild cards not come out of the Metro no. this year. I totally agree with you. Uh, so number 14, let's just go right to them. The Los Angeles Kings. The big signing this summer. Well, what do they do? They go out and they get the big Russian, Ilya Kovalchuk. He's not going to do anything for their team speed. That's no. for sure. No. He still can score... But is the NHL game five on five going to be something that he can handle? I mean, he can handle it. I mean, he still <coughs> he still knows how to get in position. He still has elite shooting ability. But let's face it, he was kicked off his team in in the KHL. Like yep. they didn't even want him there anymore, partially because they knew he was going to leave. Yeah. That that's always plays into that played it. Played a factor, but. I think he's 25 goals, 50 points. I don't think he's more than and that. He gets his on the power play. Right. Yep. I, I just, that's what I think he is. Now, as far as the rest of the team, they're still a really solid team. They're a yep. team, and I talk to their guys a lot as far as I, I see them around, and mm-hmm. they want to play with pace. I don't mean the guy, players, I mean like management, I see. Yeah. And, and so, like, they're a team that wants to play with pace. And so, like, a guy like Toffoli needs to have a bounce yeah. back year. Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter is great. He's, yep. look, Jeff Carter's turned into the. Stay healthy. That, yes, but he's turned into their best player. I've Other never, than Dowdy. Yeah, I've never liked Jeff Carter's attitude towards the media or off the ice, mm-hmm. but he's a heck of a player. Yeah, yeah. And I have to give him his credit for that. This is a good team. This is a team that maybe could go around in the playoffs, but... They got bounced in the first round by Vegas last year, swept, but... The, and Drew Dowdy is, is amazing. Like, Drew yeah. Dowdy covers up a lot of ills, mm-hmm. but their defense is weak. Yeah. Let's be real about Overall, it. Yeah. Overall. Goaltending, we'll see if it can stay at that level with uh, Jonathan Quick, who was phenomenal. I mean, we always say that about Quick, and he always seems to be able to it's, stay at that level. It doesn't make any sense. Eventually, his hips are going to explode. Yeah. Uh, number 13. Surprise team last year. Went from 48 points to a playoff team. Colorado Avalanche. This team's still good. I mean, yeah. this team, if you now look at their defense, they added Ian Cole. Mm-hmm. Like, their defense is solid now. Yeah, they got some grit back Sam there. Sam Gerrard. Yeah. I mean, people used to laugh at me because I was telling them in the draft year that I really love Sam Gerrard, and they're like, oh, he's too small. And every time someone says somebody's too small or doesn't weigh enough now in the NHL, I'm like, Sam Gerrard weighs 155 pounds. Yeah. And, and he could score on the power play. He could score mm-hmm. five on five. He's you don't fast need to like be 190 pounds on no, the No, you just have to be elusive. That's yeah. The elusiveness is, is really the key. But... Here's the bottom McKinnon line. McKinnon, too. If McKinnon, I felt, was the MVP last year. Yeah. I did. That's how I voted. Yeah. End of the day, though, if he has another year like that, an all-world year like that, they could go further than they went last year. be a year top 10 team. Because, yes, because Nathan McKinnon <laughs> is a top five guy in the league if he plays like that. And Mikko Rantanen is one of the most underrated guys in the game. He was more than a point a game last year. Yeah. And nobody really said, the year before he had like 20 goals, and I used to say it was like the quietest 20 goals. I like him. They even have Kale McCarr, who when he feels like he's done with college, will go straight to them. Yeah. Which is unbelievable to get a top-line defenseman like that. So, top-pairing defenseman. At some point, yeah. yeah, so... End of the day, I think you have them in a good spot, and, and they could be a spot higher, but not not for the team that you have. Yeah. Minnesota Wild at number 12. Yeah, I I think the Wild uh, is the team that comes out of the West this year. Do you really? I do, and I'll give you a I couple. Mean, they have not had success in the playoffs. They but can't they, get out of the first they, round. But they started to have a healthy Zach Parisi last mm-hmm. year, and that's a big deal for them. And Suter is a, Can he stay healthy? Well, though? I mean, he played, what, like 60 games or yeah, something last yeah, year? you're right. And, and his last, I think, 20 games, he averaged over a point per game. Right. 
So, yeah, you're right about Granlin, that. Granlin has become mm-hmm. a star in the league. There's no question. And Dubnik and Nett. And Dubnik and Nett. We know, look, he's always... We know Bruce can coach. Yes. And he's Dubnik is always good, but we have seen great out of him, mm-hmm. too. And I love Eric Sinek, and I think he'll... He'll elevate himself this year. Jason Zucker is a guy who I can't tell you how many times I used to bristle and everybody's like, oh, well, they'll just trade him to Vegas because he was born in Las Vegas. I'm like, this guy is a clutch a goal scorer, <laughs> and now he's like their best goal scorer. So I I think they're a team that's overlooked because their defense— If they get out of the first round, they become very dangerous. Well, look, I mean, they've had horrible matchups, but I think now even they're at the point where they could overcome that— Boudreaux has to overcome something, too. Mm-hmm. He does. But I think they could all do it together. This is a team that I'm really bullish on. Okay. Uh, number 11, the Philadelphia Flyers. It depends on their goaltending. It yeah, really well, does. Well, I think we've heard that before. But it still holds true. I actually have them at 11 like slash 10. I think these two teams are in a very similar situation. And a lot depends on goaltending. And, and the other team that they're kind of tied with is Columbus. All right, so 10. for Elliott, over, under. 55 games. What are you taking? Uh, I'll take uh, 52, so I'll go under. Yeah. <laughs> See? But is that a formula for... A pl- for well, a- if Michael Neuvert's available and healthy, then well, that's okay, the Well, okay, but now you see... Now but, we're, but now I'm counting on something now, that I've never been able to count on. Yes. Now we're exactly right. There's a few more ifs here. Yeah. I think they're in that mix. I think they are somewhere like 11, 12, 13, 14. I mm-hmm. do. And, and I, I just look, think the addition of Van Riemsdyk adds such depth to their team. They are going to have to outscore teams. Mm-hmm. We've known that. And don't get crazy. Like, Shane Gostaspear could have scored 100 goals the other night, the way that goaltending yeah. was. Like, is, is his shot great? Yes, it's always great. Yeah. But he actually, Provorov had more. I mean, I don't know if he had more goals or he was close yeah, to Provorov the... Yeah, Provorov had 16. Yeah, so... Yeah. Gostaspear had more points. Right, right. But, but, but he's a lot more power play time, but, too. But Gostaspear should be the guy who has a lot more goals. Yeah. And so I think he'll get that this year because of Van Riemsdyk, because of the power play and everything else. Mm-hmm. Look, and, and the, yeah, the other thing is... The second power play goal he had in the, other, in the game the other night, by the way, was all James Van Riemsdyk. Yes, it was he all Van Riemsdyk. He didn't get a point on it, but he, had, he took the eyes completely away from Grice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think Sean Couturier is going to start the season. And so based on that, even though there's a lot to like about Mikhail Vorobyov, and I, I loved him in the World Juniors, he didn't win a lot of faceoffs the other night. When he was going down on... on to score his goal, right? And I knew, look, he's a Russian guy, a young Russian kid. I knew he was going to shoot. The Islanders, knew he was going to pull up and shoot. Right. Know. But the Islanders defenseman that went down to block the pass yeah. gave him a wide open shot. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't... In between the hash marks. Yeah. So I couldn't, like, overly, you know, say, hey, that was an amazing goal. Like, people went crazy. Yeah, I don't think he ends up with the 3 And And the other thing is, he wasn't willing to block shots. I saw situations mm-hmm. where he could. That game, though, I saw Jordan Wheel... Or no, actually, the game live the other night. I saw Jordan Wheel playing tough in the corners. Mm-hmm. I saw him standing up in the crease and holding on to the puck, which a year ago he couldn't do. Yeah. So I think Jordan Wheel is getting that 3C spot. And now, do you want to put Vorobiev as a 4 seed? Yeah, I it's don't. It's not great for development. I want to send him to the Phantoms, yep. let him play top six there, let him be a call-up. Mm-hmm. I think Martel will be a call-up this year, too, because I think at some point there'll be an injury and he will give you instant speed yep. and he could, could score you some goals. So they they do have some nice things going Defense. Yeah, can Drew dip, uh, duplicate the season of a year ago? I mean, he can get 95 points. He can get 95 points. You go that high? Yeah. Uh, I set the over under like 84 and a half. No, I, I would go over. Okay. I would go over with that, but I, I think the key is their defense. I, I, Sanheim got banged up, but he's not overly hurt. And Phil I like Myers that. and with and McDonald out. Myers is another one who I think he can make it. I think out of all the rookies we talk about, he's the one. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to see him start games better. The Flyers have a history of starting games slow, right? Yeah. They do. 
And especially yeah, he's a guy that takes time to get into the flow. He of the really game. does. Yep, First couple of shifts, yep. I saw you know him losing some battles, losing the puck, and then as the game goes on, he Same gets with He gets great. I, he was a guy who made a couple of mistakes yeah. early in the game too, and then yeah. settled in a little bit. So, well. but Myers is needed. That's the difference. Claude, Myers is almost needed at this point. Uh, yeah. Hanging so in there, yeah, although they swear he's ahead of schedule, but we'll see about that. We'll see if that turns out to be the case. So right now, before we get to the top ten, let's get the Flyers captain Claude Giroux caught up in a couple days ago in preparation of the 2018-19 season, coming off a 102 point season. The season was good. I got married. Got married here in Philly, so it was it was a really good good weekend. A uh, very special day, and uh, yeah, the rest of the summer was good. Just uh, training and uh, just trying to get ready for the season. Now you're in your 30s. Now you had your best statistical season last year. Uh, do you change anything in your preparation for this year, or do you kind of do what you did last year, knowing that uh, it paid big dividends for you? That uh, even after uh, turning 30 years old. Yeah, well, when you get older, I think you kind of learn from uh, from things you do or how you do them and how you train and how do you get ready for games. So. Uh, obviously, when it works, you try to to, to kind of do the same, and um, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully it's uh, it's the same kind of season that we're gonna have, maybe a little bit better. And uh, but like I said, when you're older, you kind of you kind of learn to what you're doing and what and what works for you. Uh, when you look at it, you know you came into last year for the first time in a bunch of years, really. Where you didn't, you weren't rehabbing from an injury over the summer. You were preparing for a season. Now this is two years of that in a row. Is that a big part in your individual success that you had last year? That you came in not rehabbing from a core injury or surgery or anything else like that, but uh, that you got in last year and you were able to work towards the season in a different kind of progression. Yeah, I think I think it helps a lot when uh, you're focusing the whole summer, not of rehabbing or are uh, trying to get healthier. I think when you're focusing on getting stronger and faster, uh, obviously that's going to happen. And uh, uh, it, it worked out great last last summer. And uh, this summer kind of did the, the same thing I did to, uh, last summer. So um, very, I'm very excited personally to kind of get this, uh, this season going. Yeah, it didn't end last year how you want. Let's stay on that real quick one last question before we turn the page to this year and what you're preparing for. We're talking with Claude Drew on the Comcast Business Hotline. 102 points last year, your first time eclipsing the century mark. Uh, you had your career high in goals on the season and a move to the left wing. Uh, helped all that come along, uh, playing with uh, Sean Couturier pretty much the entire season. Uh, when you look back on last year and eclipsing that 100-point barrier and getting to 102, second in the league, what did that mean to you as you could reflect on it as the, the offseason got underway and you can kind of remove the, the disappointment of not winning in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, uh, the season was great. Um, uh, obviously came to camp and a little, little curveball thrown at you, uh, saying that you're going to go play the wing and uh, I wasn't against it. I was I was uh, excited to play with uh, w- with Sean, and uh, we started that season me, Sean, and and uh, and Voracek, and uh, our chemistry was really good. And later on, we played with Konechny. And uh, anytime you uh, you find chemistry with one, with one player, uh, you, you try to keep that chemistry going. You try to work at it, and uh, it doesn't come that easy usually. So, um, I mean, me me and Coots, we uh, we communicate well. We make sure we're on the same page every day. So. Uh, it, may, it makes my job and his job a lot easier. One of the areas on the team that uh, is up for grabs, if you will, as you head into training camp, is that third-line center position. And uh, one of the easy fixes is to go, okay, well, let's make uh, uh, Claude Giroux a center again, have Sean Couturier at center and Nolan Patrick, and then our one, two, three centers. We're really good there. Any consideration to moving you back into the middle? 
Uh, I don't know. It's not really my call. Uh, you know, with the with the how the season went at the left wing last year, it'd be uh, uh, be kind of tough to go back to center. But um, like I said, that's not my decision. And uh, whatever is the best for the team. Uh, I think everybody in the locker room is ready to do so. Uh, we'll see what happens here. Flyers captain Claude Giroux joining us right now. Uh, Claude, when when you played with Sean Couturier and Konechny in particular, you guys really took off. The line uh, was fantastic. Your line was good all year, but when Konechny was on, it was a little bit more dynamic. Uh, what did Travis Konechny provide to that line that maybe was a little different than maybe some of the other answers uh, at the right wing position couldn't accomplish because his speed and tenacity is something that is going to be his hallmark through his career? Yeah, he's a very fast player. Uh, obviously, he brings a lot of speed to uh, to our line. Me, me and Kuter are maybe not the fastest players, but uh, uh, it's kind of good to have a little bit of everything on the line. And uh, just his, uh, just every night, he competes hard. Um, I mean, he's got that little attitude that he's uh, uh, he just runs around and kind of starts hitting people and kind of gets uh, everybody going on the bench. So uh, he brings a lot to our to our team. And uh, when he came on our line. Uh, when we, me and Coots, um, it's funny how our chemistry uh, kicked off right away and we started finding each other, and uh, he just has a good hockey sense. So, um, like, like I said, Coots brings a little bit to the line. I bring a little, little bit to the line, and, and so does TK. So, uh, if we can keep that, uh, that chemistry, three of us, it should be, uh, should be a fun season. Yeah, it'd be a very dynamic line for sure. You guys complement each other well. Do you find yourself uh, verbally chirping a little less when you play with a, a player like Travis? Because he is a pain in the rear end to everybody that he plays against. Maybe it takes a little bit of that chirping load off you as well. Yeah, I mean, usually I like to chirp around, talk to other guys trying to get in their heads, but uh, when he's on my line, I got to tell him to settle down a little bit and <laughs> focus on the game a little bit more. But, uh, no, he's fun to play with. Like, even on the bench between pairs, he kind of keeps you loose, and uh, sometimes that's just good to have. Yeah, no question about it. It takes a little bit of that. Uh, guys always want to get at him now. They don't need to get at you as much anymore. So it takes a little yeah. load off. Uh, let me ask you about J- James Van Riemsdyk, because you played with him earlier in your career. Uh, of course, I uh, was a member of the Flyers right out, uh, drafted by the Flyers number two overall. Uh, he gets traded to Toronto all those years ago. But now he had a decision to make this offseason as an NHL free agent coming off a 36-goal campaign in Toronto. Uh, had, had some really good scoring seasons up there. Matter of fact, he had led you guys in scoring last year uh, with those 36 goals. Uh, but he had to make that decision. You were a part of helping him make the decision and to deciding to return to Philadelphia. Uh, what were those conversations between you and James like, and how did you convince him to come back? Well, when I heard he was uh, interested in coming back to, to Philly, I got really excited. And uh, I think we uh, we communicated well. We made sure that he had some questions for me about the organization and the players and, and all that stuff. And um, I know me and James, we haven't been playing together for a couple of years, but we still stay in touch and uh, so, still talk to each other once in a while. But um, obviously, just seeing him excited to come back to Philly and being able to um, to play for the team that he started with, uh, made me excited. So uh, he had a great year last year. Obviously, the, just the way he plays, he's a smart player. He finds him, uh, himself in around the net alone a lot of time, and it's uh, uh, it's a skill that a lot of people don't think that's very important. Yeah, people don't really realize how skilled of a player he is. Because uh, when he was here before, sometimes it takes bigger players in stature a little longer to develop. But we saw in the skills competitions that you guys had individually as a team, he was the fastest player on the team at the time. But he's a tremendously skilled hockey player. Yeah, I mean he's got a great, uh, great hands, uh, good vision. Uh, he uh, he has a great shot. I think that uh, his shot uh, 
helps him a lot. I mean, anytime he's around the net, that's, uh, there's a very good chance it's going to be at the back of the net. So uh, he's uh, he's a very smart hockey player. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, played for Team USA for a bit as well, played in the Olympics. Uh, we're talking with Claude Giroux on the Comcast Business Hotline. Uh, you guys want to make that next step as a team. Uh, you finished uh, the number three seed in the Metropolitan Division uh, last year. Uh, what do you guys got to do? What do you got to be better at this year? to ensure yourself that you're not chasing that playoff position all the way down to the wire where last year you had 98 points, but you're a little bit more comfortable where you guys feel like you can go into the playoffs healthy, feeling confident. What's the area of the uh, of your game as a team that you guys need to work on and be a little bit better at? Well, I think we can be a little bit more consistent. I think that'd be great. I mean, last year we, we went 10-game losing streak and uh, and still made the playoffs. But I think if you, if you lose a game and you can uh, – you can regroup the next game and 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 win it. You don't you don't lose in a row. That's very important, I think. So, uh, I mean, it's it, it's not easy because there's no easy games out there anymore. So you you go out there and you gotta you gotta really play good to uh, to grab the two points. So, uh, but at the same time, we're very excited with the pieces we have on our team. And um, I mean, we're uh, we're pretty pumped for the season to start here. And maybe one of the more impressive accomplishments of your season last year. You had 102 points, a career high. But the fact that you guys went through a 10-game losing streak or an 0-5-5 and period at a pivotal time early in the season, and guys didn't turn on each other, you as the captain and your leadership group on this team, was that a big reason why you guys stayed with the message of let's keep moving forward here? Uh, we're not playing poorly, we're not winning, and that's not acceptable, but um, if we keep doing what we're doing, we're going we're gonna to pull out of this, and you guys eventually did with a 7-game win streak. Yeah, I remember we lost 7, 8, 9 games in a row, and I was telling the media, like, we're not playing bad here. We're just not getting the bounces. And sometimes you're going to play bad and you're going to find a way to win the game. So uh, I, I, we, we, we all didn't believe that we were playing bad hockey. We just we couldn't find a way to get it done. And, uh, and, and like you said, anytime you lose a lot of games like that in a row, sometimes some guys are going to turn on each other or they're going to start pointing fingers. And there was none of that. So uh, obviously that's really uh, uh, positive and uh uh, we have a really tight group here, so uh, anytime we're at the ring, we, uh, we we always have a great time. Let me ask you about a couple of your teammates. Claude Drew joining us on the Comcast Business Hotline all in advance of uh, the Flyer season, which will get underway October 4th in Vegas. By the way, do you like starting in Vegas? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's going to be a good test. Uh, I remember last year playing there. The atmosphere was pretty, uh, was pretty crazy, and uh, it was a great experience. And uh, I'm sure with the season they had last year and being able to to play in their uh, their home opener, that's uh, uh, that's definitely very exciting. Yeah, they'll raise the Western Conference champion banner. They did that in their first inaugural season out there. Uh, but let us let me ask you about a couple of your teammates, because uh, Nolan Patrick's a guy last year. He came in and uh, maybe suffered through some of the things that you were going through with a core, a couple of core surgeries heading into his uh, into his season last year, and that was his rookie season. Then he had to deal with some concussions. Uh, but eventually he got healthy, and the player we saw in the final third of the season was far different than the player we saw in the first two-thirds. What do you expect? To see out of uh, Nolan Patrick this year and how he can help you guys. Yeah, I think the last uh, last twenty game of the season, regular season, he was uh, he was playing way better and he got more comfortable and his confidence went up. And I uh, started playing with Jake and they have a good chemistry together. And uh, so obviously when he's only 20, 20 years old and he's kind of doing the things he's doing on the ice, it's uh, it's very impressive and uh, it's exciting for us as teammates and. Uh, the way he kind of elevated this game in the playoffs too, it's uh, uh, it's great to see a young player that has that that kind of attitude and and that motivation to kind of want to be uh, to be better every day. Uh, last question for you: How many preseason games you're playing in? 
Do you have that plan yet? Are you going to hit like three or four, or are you going to get to the six range? Well, I think I'm going to play all nine this year. Yeah, right. There's no, <laughs> no I don't know. doing it's, that. Uh, it depends on the coaching staff and uh, how everything's going to go in line. I'm sure they're going to they're going to try some uh, some line chem, uh, to see the chemistry in the guys. And uh, I mean, it's uh, I think it's eight or nine preseason games, so it's a lot of games and. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's a lot of games and not a lot of days. The regular season around the corner. It'll be coming up on October 4th when you guys drop the puck in Las Vegas against the Golden Knights, the Western Conference champion. Claude, thanks for doing this. Have a great season. We'll definitely talk to you soon. All right, thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, there he is. Uh, it was a Hart Trophy. Uh, should have been higher in that mix, in my opinion, the year he had a year ago. Uh, 102 points, Russ, and uh, Claude Giroux. Uh, amazing. He hits the hits thirty on the uh, on the birth certificate there, yeah. or uh, on the age. I mean, he was on my ballot. I let people know on Twitter, like yeah. I voted. He was on my ballot. There were people that just didn't put him there, and it was just why. One I of the most impressive stats out of him is the fact that he just plays just about every game every year. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> but that's also to his detriment too. You almost would want him to sit out once in a while too, because when he plays severely injured like that, he yeah. wasn't always. And when Simmons the did that last year, yeah. at that point maybe was exactly that a detriment. And But you got to consider what the alternative is. Right. All right, the top ten. Uh, we're still going to have Dave Haxtall, Flyers head coach, to come at the end of the top ten of the power rankings of 2018-19 season, my preseason rankings. Uh, number ten, I got the Blue Jackets there. Now there's a couple big wild cards when it comes to the Blue Jackets. They extend John Tortorella. That's not the wild card, although he's always a wild card. Artemi Panarin in the final year. Sergei Bobrovsky in the final year. I heard interviews with uh, John Davidson and Yarmo Kekalainen. They're saying the right things, but this has the potential to be a major distraction and it could deplete the team in some kind of way with both of these guys. I don't think Tortorella will let it. I mm. think he is that kind he of coach. He is the distraction, Tortorella. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he'll let that happen. And mm. actually, I agree with all the extensions they made to everybody, Davidson, Kekalainen, Yarmo, and, uh, and Tortorella. I thought they all deserved it. Yep. But... They have to have more playoff success. Or they, some playoff success, right. right? I mean, they just have to. You can't and keep saying, well, we lost to the cup champion. No, it doesn't, doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. At some point, you've got to beat somebody you're not expected to beat. Yep. This could be the year for that if Panarin were to stay there the whole year, but I don't think he will. Yeah. He's, so, going, to, uh, U- he's going to be a UFA next yeah, year. Yeah, but look. A guy like Sonny Milano could score a lot more goals. I think he had the 12 goals for them, and he didn't have enough ice time. I still like them. Corpusalo is an elite backup. He really is. I mean, that's that's a great luxury to have. I think Bob, actually, if he doesn't re-sign with them, could go to the KHL. I really do. I think he goes home. I think he can go home because he's always wanted to go back there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I know people that talk to him or whatever, and it seems like he made his point here. that's been on his mind. Yeah. Now, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how much he wants to win a cup, but I think he can make a lot of money there, too. I like this team a lot, and I think you have them in a good spot. I do think that they're going to be difficult to play against. I yeah. do. Yeah, no question about it. And they'll block shots. They'll do the little oh, things. Oh, no, yep. no. Yeah, they get, they get grimy. Uh, number nine, the Pittsburgh Penguins. A second-round playoff exit last year to the Washington Capitals. The Caps got over the hump. They beat the Pens. Uh, you, but still was, it, you still got Crosby. You still got I was at that game, though, and mm-hmm. the margin of, of victory for the Caps was very small. Oh, yeah. It was so one play. It was literally a play. Yeah. And and so like I can't throw dirt. Like the play that got the, that knocked out Ottawa in the conference final the year before, right? <laughs> you know? But but when it's the Penguins, I can't throw dirt on them, especially when Phil Kessel was hurt to the point where he was taking like twenty second shifts. Yeah, and they, usually he'd be out there a lot yeah, longer. He was ragged right? out big time. He you was, tell. and so I think the Pens could be a little higher. But I get what you're doing because they've had some changes, mm-hmm. and you know losing Sheary and Daniel Sprong would probably older. have to. But Latang 
could have a lot better year. He didn't have a good year no. last year. Well, defensively, they're not great. And the team called him out on it, and I think he will respond. Uh, look, they have great goaltending. I, I think well, it wasn't great last year, but he wasn't healthy, so we're going to see again, what memory is this year. Again, but we're parsing it, right? Like, yeah. how much better was Braden Holpe? Like, he was just this much better. Well, here's the thing, though. You know, maybe when Flurry was there, it's almost a security blanket for yeah. a guy like Murray. Now he's the man, and to carry right. the man title is difficult. Okay. So we'll see. We'll see what it is. But I do think they could even be up a spot more. And th- could I see them back in the conference final? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. And winning division. Uh, number eight, the uh, Boston Bruins. I think that's a good spot for them. I like their team. They were the best team in the NHL. I think Tukaras gets unnecessarily beat up by their fan base. No, I do too. I've watched this kid since the World Juniors, way before he was drafted. Always liked him. Maybe the top line in hockey. And I even love the fact that he has a temper and will occasionally smash a stick mm-hmm. over the uh, bar. Great stuff. I think their defense is so much faster now because I've always been a fan of Matt Grizzlick. Now mm-hmm. he's going to play full-time. McAvoy. Yeah, McAvoy is just still probably, we're not even seeing what yeah, he can do the yet. Surface. So Bergeron has to stay healthy, obviously. Backus at least doesn't play center anymore, so that's good. Doesn't yeah, he slow looks like them. he's carrying a piano on his Yeah, back. it doesn't slow them down too much. Uh, Jake DeBrusque is making huge strides mm-hmm. for them, like huge. Like This is a guy who I knew was going to be a first-rounder, and I knew he'd play in the NHL, and I knew he'd probably be a 15-, 20-goal guy. He might be a 30-goal guy. Yeah. And so that's something. And, and Pasternak, in Pasternak's draft year, there wasn't a ton of chatter about him. There was some, and I felt like a lot of people felt like they took him too soon. Boy, that was one of the best draft picks. He's the lead NHL score. One of the best yes. they ever made. Yep. I think he scored his first goal against Philly. I think I covered that game. Yep. And so I, I do like this team a lot, and I do think they um, they have a good mix. Uh, we saw the Charo workout video. Yep. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. It's he's not the right. same player, but he's still an effective he's player. He's still a freak of nature. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number seven, the team that represented the Western Conference in the Stanley Cup playoffs, that would be the Vegas Golden Knights. The ability to duplicate what they did last year um, and defy every odd and uh, rallying around that, galvanizing a group, um, you can't go back to that well, in my opinion, again. Uh, they did have some attrition. They did have some things that they gained in this offseason with Pacioretty. Obviously lost James Neal. Uh, that's a team that is still going to be in the mix there in a yeah. very difficult division. Well, I kind of look at it, and I think I would flip-flop Vegas and and the Penguins. And I would do that because, you know, it seems like Nate Schmidt had, like, that blue drink that you use, and he got buzzed for it. Yeah. So they're going to miss him for 20 games. I don't know who's making up the deficit yeah. there. Shea Theodore... Still has to get signed, too, right? Yeah. He's another guy that's out there. So he will get signed. I'm not worried about that. And Eric Branstrom maybe plays those 20 games because yeah. he's starting to look really good. And if he doesn't make it this year, he'll make it next year. He could be an elite defenseman. Yeah. They're going to have to make up the gap there. But, look, they got Stastny. Yep. That that helps them a lot. I do think they're a playoff team. I don't know if they'll get back to the conference final. Because, again, William Carlson is not going to shoot over 20-something percent. Yeah, that was Let's obnoxious. be real about that. Yeah, he's not going 43. No, he's not going 43. He'll probably go 25. Yeah. yeah. And so we'll see who makes up the difference there. But they're also not going to have five goalies playing in the first month either. Yeah, I mean, Malcolm Subban was playing. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. They went five deep. And they kept winning. Yeah, it and was... they kept winning. So it's going to be a different kind of year. Flurry will be, will be there. They're definitely making the playoffs. So I like I like where you have them, but I think a couple spots. Okay. Uh, number six, the Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, that's Washington crazy. Capitals. How could you have them six? Well, you think they should be two? They should be uh, somewhere in the top three or four. Yeah, I think there's, I think it's a step back. I really do. But everybody thought it was a step back last year well, and they, they won they the were. Cup. 
but, but they, they won, won the but cup. They, but they got it done in the playoffs. Now, right? okay, this is regular season power. Rankings. I mean, do you not and like? You just Todd... told me you can't take the year before and bring it in. I know. Now. Do you not like Todd Reardon? They have a new coach. Uh, well, I think the loss of Barry Trotz does play a part. But he's like he's been with this team. Like, no, I, I don't know. think. Yeah. I think you know what no, this Jeff is. Jeff Lashell was with. Uh, uh, all right, all right. <laughs> For how many years? I think this is different. I think this is like having George Seifert. Back in the 49ers days. After Bill Walsh. After Bill Walsh. I, okay. think, I think it's that good. Okay. So I don't think there's a fall off there. They still have Holtby. There's no fall off there. Mm-hmm. I don't care what people want to say about Alex Ovechkin. Go watch yeah, his workout videos. Yeah. He he drank for two weeks, three weeks straight, and then he started I don't to work know if that's out. True. I don't think he stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what he did to the Stanley Cup this year oh, could be criminal God. in some countries. He could be in a Turkish although, prison. Although, to be honest, I can't believe nobody's ever used it as a keg stand before. Yeah. And apparently they're going to make a rule. Nobody can you ever can't do it do again. That anymore. Well, here's the thing, too. <laughs> uh, uh, he enjoyed it. It was, yeah. it was great to watch. And yeah. You want the greatest players in your sport. To, to reach the greatest heights, and he did. Yeah, and actually, he brought it to the people. Yeah, he That did. was the great thing yep. about it. It wasn't like an elitist kind of yep. thing. It made him even more... I always found him endearing to begin with, because yeah. I think he just gets it. Yeah. Um, it, but it's made him even more endearing to people that maybe they didn't think he got it. Right. No, no, it was great. I mean, look, Oshi lived up to expectations. Mm-hmm. Verana is really coming hey, John on John Carlson's now. coming back. I mean, John Carlson's coming back. We, we Do we like the sure. Tom Wilson contract? Yeah, I, but you know what? He's a necessary guy on that yeah. team. You have to have He's him. more valuable to that team than anybody else. Yes. And so they use him right. Madison Bowie, maybe he makes the team, maybe he doesn't. Uh, the fact that they just got rid of Yerbeck, I you know, that was a plus for them because I, okay. I just didn't think he was a good defenseman at all. Juice did will really yep. well for them. And he's, you know, I like, I always liked his dad, Parajuice, maybe just because of the name. I don't know, but he was a good player. They've got to be higher, but whatever. Okay. This, this is your list. Well, I mean, I, I want you to tell me when we get to the team that you would bump out of the top five. I already see it, so yeah. Okay. Uh, the Nashville Predators at number five. Yeah, this is the last go round for the it Predators is. because if, unless Pekka Rene wins a Vezina, they're also not paying him the money he's making either. Well, it doesn't matter. It comes to the playoffs. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can be great in a regular season, but if you can't get it done in the playoffs, yeah. So, and he was not good in the postseason. Last I'm year. still not a full UC Saros believer. I'm Me not. And so, but again, it's this is on Rennie. This whole year is on mm-hmm. Rennie because if he comes back to form, they could be really good. Now, Peter Laviolette, this is about the, the time. This is the time where, when they start turning them off. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and so I kind of worry about that a little mm-hmm. bit. I think their defense is still good enough. I like their offense. There's. Do they have enough offense? Yeah, they probably do. Their centers are still very strong. Yeah, and Johansson. Yeah. yeah. So I think you have them in the right spot. But okay. could they fall a little bit? Wouldn't shock me. Yeah, and I you think know? it would be maybe it would behoove them to be uh, a team that doesn't finish at the top of their division with a president's trophy yeah. down the stretch. I mean, will they miss Austin Watson? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, me personally, I think he should be out for the season. But yeah. whatever. But they're going to miss him. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, number four, Toronto Maple Leafs. The biggest addition of the offseason, a lot of people believe, was John Tavares. I don't know that you can argue it. Uh, he is now a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. We know what Austin Matthews is. We know what uh, this team can throw out on the ice from a skill perspective. We know what Freddie Anderson is. This is a team that's a legit cup contender. I would swap the Leafs and the Caps. Because, okay. And I'll tell you why. We know what Freddie Anderson is, but we still don't know what he can be. Yeah, And he's going to have to go higher because still the defense isn't great on this team. Ron Hainsey still plays a major role yeah. on this team, and he's got a lot of, you know, not much tra- mm-hmm. tread on the tire anymore. So you worry about that. So their defense isn't as good as it could be. 
are they going to let Morgan Riley become an offensive player, or are they still going to sort of handcuff him, handcuff him, and and put him in different roles? Yeah. That's a situation. Jake Gardner, this is Jake Gardner's last year. Yeah. So, and and he's a turnover threat, and he's also a threat to get fifty five points. So. Well, I don't know what, they also lose Van Riemsdyk, who had 11 power play goals for him last year, 20 right. power play points. And, but you're replacing we with pointed, Tavares. Yeah, and so Tavares is also clicking with Marner. That's mm-hmm. not a problem. They're going to outscore teams in the regular season. They're going to be that regular season world-beating team. Can they get it done in the postseason? Can they get it done in the postseason? And even and though in this they have, playoff format, right out of the shoot, you're going to get an opponent. Unless they are able to get a top-four defenseman in the trade, I think they're only a second-round playoff team. Okay. Like, they get to the second, they lose in the second. Okay. Um, number three. We're into, the, we're into the big time here. Yeah. I got the San Jose Sharks. I think Martin Jones, they have the goaltending. Yeah. I think they have the coach. I think they have the offensive firepower. And I think they got the defense. When you talk about this team, I think they have the two best offensive defensemen in the NHL, and they may have the best defensive defensemen in the NHL. Yeah. We're at the point now where we're at the West Side Story part of the list yeah, with the Sharks and the Jets, and I would swap them. I know. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. But the Sharks, the only problem, and this is a great problem to have, is when you have Burns and you have Carlson, Carlson needs a certain amount of touches a game like a point guard. Mm-hmm. How are you going to delineate that with yeah. him and Brett Burns when they're both healthy? You move Burns up the wing on occasion. Maybe on the power play, at least. Maybe maybe you do that yeah. on power play. Uh, maybe that is one put way out. Trigger spot. But they're both not going to be on the top pairing. No. We know that. So you I can't don't put them together. No. no. So I don't know how you're going to do that. And Carlson's biggest strength is while people want to rip him on his defense, the puck possession is what kills other teams mm-hmm. because he just always has it. Yeah. And so he almost has to be a top pairing guy. Will Burnsy sort of like you know let it go and yeah. and do that? But the wing thing is maybe the way out of it. They do have youngsters still that can come in. Uh, even a guy like Sorensen started to come yeah. on a little last year and could give yeah, them some secondary offense. Yeah, and Kane did really well. He like assimilated if he just, like he never assimilated in the NHL. Never, right. So, and, and Timo Meyer, I still think, has a lot. And they Kev- have the leader. They got every, you check every box. Yeah, and Kevin right LeBanc now. is another guy who actually has scoring ability. Pavelski's on the last year of a deal, too, right? Yeah. So that's another one to sort of watch. So they're all in, right? They yeah, pushed it's all the in chips. right now. Yeah. They pushed all the chips in. Martin Jones is a great goalie who we never Got into a final. Who we never talk about. Yeah. Never. And, you know, someday if the Bruins never repeat for a Stanley Cup, trading Martin Jones mm-hmm. that time could be the worst move they ever made. Yeah, you're but, right. But we'll see. The, cut, the Sharks have to win a cup first before that happens. Right. But I do like the Sharks. Yeah, and the Flyers will open their season. And we'll get an early look at yes. that on October 9th yes. uh, in, in the flesh. Um, number two, I have the Winnipeg Jets. Um, this team just continues to improve. They've built it uh, the right way from Jump Street. And Kevin Shaver-Dayoff used to get killed for this. Mm-hmm. For three or four years, he was getting destroyed. Yeah, well, Shifley, they, they were patient. Right. I mean, they, they build it slowly. And you, then you have a guy like Line, who's going to see more minutes this year than he's ever seen. He's going to get 50 this year. Yeah. Uh, you look at this team that's just coming into its own. They got a good taste of it last year of playoff success. They know what it takes to get there and, and compete with those teams. They have the goaltending, Connor Hellebuck. I mean, this, Blake Wheeler. I mean, you look at this team, they are. A massive force in the Western Conference. They are, and Nikolai Ehlers could get 40, wouldn't shock me. I mean, he's an amazing player that I think people are just starting to catch up with, even though he was great last year and was really good the year before. I look at him, and, and I like the goaltending. I've always liked Hellebuck, 
So there's no problem there. Uh, all their lines are good. They got Wheeler back in the fold. They kept Morrissey. Their defense is great. Myers is in the last year of his deal, I think, so we'll see. Is Truba's situation worth uh, keeping an eye on? Yeah, it's worth always. keeping an eye on <laughs> always because I don't know what the deal is going to be with him, but he's not going to hurt them defensively, right? Yep. He's, he's pretty great. So they have one of the best defenses in the league. They have one of the hardest teams to play against. Yep. Tough centers. They're a threat. Well coached. I mean, they, they well check coached every, everything. Uh, uh, these teams, really and, and that's another thing. Like Maurice used to get killed too. Oh yeah, Paul, he knows what he's doing. But I liked him as a coach. Always have, always mm-hmm. will. And when you get into these teams in the top six, top five, I mean, these are teams where when you look at all the boxes to check, they pretty much all do, and you can flop them around. Depends on if they're healthy and if they're playing well. But the number one team in my preseason power rankings is the Tampa Bay Lightning. I can't argue with it. I, I would say my number one team would have been. Probably either the Sharks or the or the Jets, but probably the Sharks. Yeah. Uh, but Tampa's got everything. Although we do have to kind of wonder, knowing that even though Iserman was a GM, mm-hmm. he's still a big he's a presence, a big presence there. That now he's sort of like out of the building. Yeah. And Julian Breezebot takes over, and he's good. I yeah. mean, he nuts and bolts, really yep. good. He doesn't have to do anything early. His path to being a general manager is very interesting. That's yes. a story for another day. But that being said. Uh, they had to hand it off to him because yes. he's had offers to go, right? And this is his opportunity. Well, and to I think Eiserman got a little burnt out because, again, traveling the travel. Not only the traveling, like this is a guy that's been making trades like crazy. Yep. He's been pushing it with contracts. He's done everything he's he in can. On every big player, <laughs> he's, he's done everything he can in his power to win a Stanley Cup, short of playing again. And you know, guys like McDonough, like he has made sure yeah. he has a. A world-class team there. Kucherov, I didn't know if they could keep him. Somehow they have, right? Yeah. They well, st- not having state tax down there helps people it sign does. contracts. And they still have Tyler Johnson. Like, they still have Alex Kalorn the other day came in dressed as Ryan Fitzpatrick. It yeah. was awesome. Yeah. Like, they, they they know what they are, right? Yeah. They're really They're well good. Well-coached with John Cooper. Well-coached. I mean, Hedman. if they don't get it done in the playoffs, they got to look at Cooper. You know, Hedman's going to win a Norris. Oh, yeah. You know, there's no well, question. Well, last year. Yeah, yeah. And, and he might win another one. Uh, I look at it, and, boy, I... They have a great chance to win, but I do kind of think the Iserman thing hurts them a little mm-hmm. bit. Well, and you got to see if Vasilevsky can play it at that level. Oh, he level can. I'm not even season. worried about that. Yeah. I don't even worry about him. Yeah. All right, so the top 16 teams, these would generally speaking be the ones that make the playoffs, albeit not in some sort of order. The Oilers, the Panthers uh, at 16 and 15, the Kings at 14, Avalanche at 13, the Wild at 12, the Flyers at 11, the Blue Jackets at 10, the Pittsburgh Penguins at number 9, the Bruins Vegas Golden Knights, uh, the Caps, the Stanley Cup champion at number six. Number five, the Nashville Predators. The Leafs at number four. Number three, the San Jose Sharks. The Winnipeg Jets at two. And the Tampa Bay Lightning at number one. So there you go. That's the preseason power rankings. We'll give you a little, uh, one more uh, fun thing out the door. Had a chance to catch up with Flyers head coach Dave Hackstall. Got that interview for you coming up momentarily. Enjoy your hockey. We'll be back next week on the Stick to Hockey Podcast. Good job, Ross. Dave Hackstall, coach of the Philadelphia Flyers, joining us right now on the Flyers Countdown to Training Camp. Dave, how are you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Sounds like I'm not doing quite as good as you, but I'm doing pretty good. Well, you can only try. (laughs) But nonetheless, uh, another season. Man, it's on the horizon already. Um, You guys didn't play as long as you would have liked last year, uh, getting knocked out in the first round to the Pittsburgh Penguins. What did your group learn from that? Obviously, there's there's, there's some big lessons in there. We just had our our opening game here at camp, and and the bottom line, um, we we used the second the year last year and with some pretty good consistency we we became a good team um but you know that that wasn't good enough to get us through uh through the playoff round so you know this group has to be really focused on number one reestablishing that you know that uh 
consistency that we had to make us a playoff team. And then, you know, everybody in, uh, you know, in has to push real hard to raise the bar and raise the level as to what we're doing. So we're able to take, you know, take that next step. And that's, that's what we're all here for is, is not uh, just to be a playoff team, which is hard to do. Um, but to have success once you get there. So that's a long ways down the road right now. Uh, it's you know, day camp and I'm sitting here looking at the, the two groups for, for tomorrow and some of the competition that's going to, that's going to come with those two groups. Well, some of the things that you learned last year in your season is you learned a guy like Sean Couturier, but we made a gutsy move to uh, move Sean Couturier up to the top line and move Claude Giroux, who's been a center pretty much his entire NHL career since his rookie year, uh, to the left wing, and boy, did it pay dividends, not for one player, but for both players and for your club as well. Giroux with a 102-point season, Sean Couturier with a massively breakout offensive season. He ends up finishing self, uh, second in the Selkie uh, voting last year. Andre Kopitar, Patrice Bergeron, the other guys nominated. You're talking the cream of the crop here. Uh, but you learned a lot about Sean Couturier as a player, and you saw the grit that he played with, even playing hurt in that playoff series at the end of the year. Yeah, well, those are some of the things you have to do as you know, as, as a good player in this league. And, and Coots does a lot of those little things, um, you know, including you know being a guy that uh, that played less than 100 percent during the playoffs. But you know that that was a move that made sense to us on paper. And it's uh, it's the guys that went out. You know, it's it's the players that uh, that went out and made it successful in terms of you know G's year, his preparation for for uh, his season last year, and his readiness to go. Uh, the combination of those two guys working real hard. Let's talk about another player making another step in his progression. That would be Travis Konechny. They really uh, found some good magic when he was with Sean Couturier and Claude Giroux. Uh, he's a guy now heading into another season, and you know he, he's a guy that really takes to coaching well, doesn't he? TK, is, he's coachable. I mean, he's ultra competitive. Uh, he believes in himself. He's got a little bit of that edge, and um, you know that self-confidence that, that you'll want to see, especially in, in good players. Um, but he's you know he's a guy that continues to be hungry to grow. He you know he listens not just the coaches, um, but you know equally as important or more importantly, he's he's listening to the veterans. I mean, he had an opportunity to play uh, you know a good chunk of the year last year with Coots and with G, and that was that was a huge part of his growth last year. Now you know I want to see his focus on. Uh, giving himself the the best chance to be there for an entire year and and to continue to add to the things that he's doing for our team. There's there's a uh, there's a lot of area for growth yet for TK. He's still a young player. He's going to keep learning. He's going to keep getting better. And I you know I think we can keep pushing the envelope for him as we get uh, get into uh, year number three for him. Uh, one of those other young guys. We're talking to Dave Hackstall, Flyers head coach on the Comcast Business Hotline. Is Ivan Provorov? Boy, some players earn trust over time. Some earn it pretty quick from their head coach. He's got your trust. This guy's the bell cow in your blue line, isn't he? Yeah, he's uh, you know he's one of those guys that's just bound his ears uh, in almost every aspect of uh, you know of his life. He uh, he's a mature young man and knows that on the ice, off the ice. Uh, but yeah, to that, his toughness, his competitiveness, um, his his absolute will to be best. He's uh, he's push, you know, another step towards that this year. Uh, only one level that's that's acceptable as a young man, and that's being at the very top. And you know, I think the one thing about him, Dave, is that um, after the Pittsburgh season ended last year, he's a really under-control guy, understated from a personality standpoint, but 
you saw how that loss affected him. He was so injured, and he could barely pick up his arm. But, boy, you know, Philadelphia fans love seeing when their athletes feel the pain of loss. And that was evident on his face on so many levels. That's just one of those things that some players have and others don't, and he's got it. Kobe's probably one guy that I look at, and I think with, with what he had in the tank and what he was dealing with, he did everything that he, he, he laid it all on the line. Yet at the end of the day, when uh, when we lost and we were done, uh, that is, those are the kind of guys you need to have in your dressing room. Those are the kind of guys you, uh, you uh, as, as your leader. But he's, he's for sure he's one of those guys. Uh, we're talking to Dave Haxtell on the Comcast Business Hotline. Dave, the the goaltending last year, you, boy, you suffered a lot of injuries at a very inopportune time. You guys ended up trading for Mirazik getting into the playoffs, but uh, obviously coming back from a core surgery for Brian Elliott and the health concerns with uh, Michael Neuvert that have been all too prevalent. Uh, yeah. In an ideal world, what is the split you'd like to give your two goaltenders uh, going forward this season uh, to you keep know, them both fresh and uh, contributing? Yeah, there's obviously there's a you know there's a split and there's a number of games that have to be shared between those uh, between those two guys. You know, first thing I want to do is get through camp. I want to see where everything shifts out and shakes out during camp. Um, you know, we've got some young guys that are gonna, that are going to push the envelope here, uh, and I want to give those guys every opportunity. I want to give them a chance to go and play and show what they can do. Also, you know, the the same is true for uh, for both uh, Moose and Nuvi. Um, you know, those guys are. They're trusted veterans, and we need Newby to be healthy. We need him to be at his best so that he can share that load. He wasn't able to do that last year, and, and uh, you know, that, that hurt us a little bit. Um, you know, with Moose, he's gone through a, he's gone through a long offseason here, and he's done a ton of work uh, to, uh, to get himself healthy. And, you know, the reality of it, we need Moose to return to the form where he was the majority of last year. You know, I think that gets lost in the shuffle a little bit with the way our year ended. Moose had a pretty good year last year. We need him to get back to that level. Um, he's he's a good leader for us. He's uh, he's a hell of a competitor, and we can add Nuvi into that mix. You know, assuming that one of the young guys doesn't come in and take a spot, then um, you know that combination uh, with with some form of a split. Whether it's I don't think it's ever going to be fifty fifty, but it'll be some form of split so guys can stay. Uh, you know they can stay healthy, they can stay sharp uh, through the you know through the long season. Those two guys can get it done for us. Uh, last question for Dave Haxtall on the Comcast Business Hotline. Dave, how are we fixing the uh, penalty kill? Well, there's, there's no you know there's no easy way to uh, uh, you know to to make a huge stride in any one area. There's not there's no huge change that has to happen. It's something we've studied really hard over the summer. We've spent a lot of time on it. We've gotten very very detailed on it. Um, we're digging into it and making it an absolute um, key part of training camp right from day number one here. A lot of times in camp, it's hard to work on specialty teams early on. We're going to start on day one. It's an area that uh, uh, that we know needs to improve. So uh, we're going to we're going to change a couple details. We're going to add a little bit more uh, specifics. Uh, we're going to take a look at some new personnel and different personnel as we go into. Our preseason games, you're going to see some guys that, um, you know, maybe aren't first and top of mind in terms of who have killed for us before. We're going to try to give guys opportunity. We need to do a better job. There's a couple areas that we, you know, we can distinctly identify. Those have to get better. They got to get better right away. You know, and the one thing we can do is we can build off of, you know, we, we had some 
uh, reasonable success the last 15, 20 games of, uh, of the year last year. Um, that's a real baseline and something that we've got to build upwards from there. Well, that's a key component for sure, Dave. Uh, the countdown to the regular season is on. It's coming up October 4th uh, in Las Vegas. You'll go against the uh, Golden Knights uh, as they raise the Western Conference Championship banner, getting all the way to the Stanley Cup. We appreciate the time today. Have a great season, and we'll definitely talk to you up the road. Jason, thanks for having me on. And, uh, that, uh, that date's going to come awful quick, and we, uh, we're looking forward to it.